0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention, pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oakbridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biadish. He says Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at Oakbridge WM underscore Anaceti. That's Oakbridge WM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line.
1: Again.
0: Welcome back to Believe in Badgers on the Believe Network presented by betonline.ag and Oak Ridge Wealth Management. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie,
2: how are we doing today? Good. Every day on the podcast is a holiday. That it is.
0: That it is. And it's always a holiday to have uh, John McNamara, my other boss, uh, on with with us today over from Badger Blitz. Uh, You you guys probably know Clint and I uh, do Badger Blitz TV for BadgerBlitz.com. John hops on occasionally as well. And we have a great time over there. The publisher of the number one Badger website in the universe. John, we appreciate your time as always.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me today oh of course of course
0: um before we hop into our little season review talking and then uh looking ahead to uh, the portal and bowl game season want to remind you guys that we are presented by BetOnline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs you name it they've got it over there at bet online head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts we're gonna start today john last game pretty straightforward question. Let's look back on this regular season. What was the high point for the team in your opinion? And what was the low point of the season?
1: Uh, the high point uh, squat fest, maybe that okay. was, that was, that was before the regular season. No, I, I the, the, high point's gotta be Minnesota. Um, it, you know, to see a lot of those guys get to have that moment. And obviously I was never on the field and in, in playing in those games, but you've seen a lot of guys, go through that moment throughout the years. Um, and it's, it, it's special. So it, it, it was, it was enjoyable to watch a group that has been through a lot in terms of coaching changes and transition and philosophy and everything like that, get to have that moment at the end of the year. So I think undoubtedly that's, that's probably the high point from a season that, that really just didn't live up to expectations that were set, you know, in, in the fall.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would agree If you, if you look, for sure. Like, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I think that the one other, I think one other high point, at least in the moment, was the fourth quarter comeback against Illinois. I I think that was a, that that was fun to watch. And that's when you kind of started to see the inkling of, or at least the seeds of an offense that could really perform and put up numbers and a defense that really adapted well besides um, maybe struggling a little bit with a scrambling quarterback. The low point, I, there's a couple different ones I think we could go with John uh, I know what mine is but we're here to ask you
1: yeah the low point I, Indiana it yeah. it's got to be right I, that's just the team that Wisconsin's traditionally had a lot of success against you know minus when the quarterback's last name is Randall L uh but you know to go there on the road you know I guess playing on the road is difficult you know no matter what you're doing but You know, that's just that's just not a game where Wisconsin should have lost or has lost traditionally. I think that and then, you know, that sparked up, you know, a lot of is is this the right offense? Is this the right defense? Is this the right personnel? Is this, you know, you know, losses like that just spark up so many different questions that it it had to have been the low point of the season.
0: Yeah, I agree. Wisconsin was Indiana's lone Big Ten victory this year. That does not say a lot about the program and the hangover to the next week with Northwestern wasn't pretty either. Now, Northwestern turned out to be a pretty decent team this year, surprisingly enough, with an interim, now full-time head coach and David Braun. But I, I still think those sort of two weeks back-to-back you know, were very uncomfortable for a lot of people in and around the program, and was the first time I think that uh, Luke Fickle I think was really under the microscope so how do you see John first of all this you know a lot of the questions can the 335 and can the air raid or Phil Longo's version of the air raid exist and succeed in the Big Ten let's start on the defensive side of the ball where I personally am a little bit more optimistic where where do you see the future of this defense and how do you see it changing uh, for the future.
1: You yeah, know, I think they have some pieces that are cornerback. Um, you know, that, that next wave of talent is all Luke Fickle based, you know, Luke Fickle recruited. And if that next wave is is ready to to step in and contribute next year, I think you feel okay about the defensive backfield. I think safety, if you return everyone, you know, is a position that you could probably say a position of strength going into next season. Um, but you know, it's in that front seven. And I, you know, Jung Meta and Turner, I just don't think those guys are three, three, five. Inside linebackers. I, I think that was maybe the biggest glaring thing. You know, the defensive line was, you know, average, below average. Um, obviously, that unit can improve, but I, I think the biggest jump or the biggest need is cycling through the inside linebackers that they have now and getting more inside linebackers that can play in that defense, specifically like a guy like Christian Allegro, who when he was on the field, he just looked different than guys like Turner and, and John Mann, in in my opinion.
0: Bern, how do you feel about the, the defense from from this season? And
2: sort of, what do you want to see moving forward? Uh, sorry for the technical d- d- uh, difficulties here, John. Uh, as you had some for some reason, like my computer hates this. But um, I, I mean, the defense to me was a real struggle to watch. I some sometimes they played really well and they played fast, and sometimes they they didn't. The run fits were not there. They made other quarterbacks look like. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, it, it to me, those things can't happen. I, I, I'm excited for, I guess, what the D-line and the linebackers. I mean, it starts up front. I think our skill guys did really well, but we don't get a pass rush. So you're, you're asking the guys that probably are the better guys on the field to do all these things. And I would agree, I really like our linebacking crew, but I like them in a 4-2 or a 4-3. And I think we asked – them to do a lot. Of, and to me, the run fits were very difficult, but I also think the, the passing, finding dudes in, in open space and trying to, and trying to get back into their lanes was much more difficult than I think uh, at least I anticipated. So I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward. I mean, we still, again, Matt Perkins, we talked about, they didn't give up a lot of points. Maybe it's because of the, the teams were playing, but um, if that's a positive, I think that's a pretty good positive.
0: Yeah, I mean the only team to score more than thirty points was Washington
1: State. Yeah, and like you said, Bernie, pressure on the edge was almost non-existent. I think going into Minnesota, uh, you know, they had eight sacks from the edge from that outside linebacker position, eight and a half. That's just that's just not good enough. And I think I don't think Nick Herbig covered up a lot of problems because I think that was a great defense. But Nick Herbig helped that defense tremendously with his ability to get to the quarterback. And you can argue whether. Sacks is a, is a great measurement of of successful defenses, but his ability to just disrupt in the backfield, uh, I think, was sorely missed on this team this, this year because they just didn't have anyone who could do that or come close to that, I would say.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's not just Nick Herbig. It's Nick Herbig. It's Zach Bond. It's Andrew Van Ginkel, It's T.J. Watt. It's, you know, the long line of. Linebackers, specifically outside linebackers who were able to generate pressure and win the vast majority of one on one matchups with the offensive lines were one of the many reasons that, you know, the teams couldn't really move the ball on them very much uh, at all, quite frankly, in the the past decade or so. Let's move to the offense because the offense is a unit that, I mean, I think some people are calling it a failure. It's too early to call it a failure. It's been twelve games but there were more growing pains. And I think even the most pessimistic of Badger fans anticipated,
1: John. Absolutely. You know, you go into the season, you thought you had six big time receivers who are going to stretch the field and do all those different types of things that an air raid offense does. And you, you, you know, the, the dust kind of settles and you say, Will Pauling was pretty good. And beyond that, I don't, I don't know where you could say there was a ton of bright spots other than Paul. And I think was, he he had a great season, but it just, it wasn't what you thought it was going to be after watching, you know, the fall camp practices and and looking at a guy like Phil Longo and looking at a guy like Tanner Mordecai and the ability, you know, what he's shown at, at the college football level. So, you know, largely disappointing, but I, I did. And I think a lot of other people probably underestimated, over and I'm sorry, overestimated what, what that wide receiver group was going to be. Cause I, I really did think this was the strongest receiver group that they've, they've probably had since I've been doing this for, for 20 plus years or so. And that just didn't come to fruition. Yeah. I, I, yes, I agree. It, it's hard.
2: It's hard for me to talk about my badgers this way, but, but I, I would say um, the offense just gave me more questions more questions about, is this something we can accomplish? You know, is, did we coach to the scheme or did we coach to the guys we had? Cause you have, you know, Braylon Allen's a downhill guy. Everyone knows he's not a shotgun dude. And yet he was in that scheme doing those things. So it, it, it gives me more questions. I actually really like Longo. And I think if we give these guys time, they will produce. And when we start getting recruits in, and we, it's same thing with the defense, right? Like, you can't go from a four, two to three, three, five. It's very confusing. So if we give them time, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, but a lot more questions on the offensive side. And I agree, John, our wide receivers were outstanding and they only touched the ball two, three times, maybe five. I would love to see Matt Perkins who had mo- the most catches in like a game. It couldn't have been more than like six or seven.
0: Will Pauling had, I think eight against Nebraska. Eight or nine actually. Nine, so the guy against Minnesota nine had nine
2: against us for 121 yards. So like we're so to me, is spreading the ball out important or is like getting a stud, dude, like a Lee Evans important
0: for well, us? It's hard to spread the ball out when you're going three and out on 20% of your drives, right? And so when that happens, you just don't have as many plays and as many opportunities to give guys you know, more of a shot, more opportunities when you're, you know, running so few plays. I mean, they they finished 87th in the country in passing and 60th in rushing. It was not a, a pretty year, and to me, a lot of that started with the offensive line not being a vintage unit uh, in a lot of ways. And you know, I've talked Bernie and I have talked ad nauseum about issues with snapping the ball and the time it took to get from uh centers hands into Tanner Mordecai's hands and that or, or Braden Locke or whoever what the quarterback was and that throwing off the timing of everything now I think we saw so I mean maybe I'm the only person who's paying attention to the snaps like just the snaps on every single play but that got better finally at Minnesota I think but it, it took why did it take 12 games to get a, to get a snap you know, cadence down basically.
1: Yeah. I, I think that was glossed over, you know, throughout the year. I and mean, I, I noticed the same things and, you know, in, in an offense that seems to be built on timing and being exactly crisp where you need to be an errant snap, even if it's, you know, he's pulling it from you know the top of his head or, you know, pulling it off the ground. I mean, those, those seem like big things to me. Um, you know, I'm not an offensive coordinator, but I, I just think that, that, that timing was so important, especially in year one, that, when you get thrown off, even just a little bit, you know, I think it kind of affects the whole unit, and, you know, going back to the offensive line. I, I don't know what show you guys said it on, but it, it almost looked like they had five right tackles out there. And I, I will give you guys credit because this is where I heard it on the show. I was like, Oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that, that's, that's what it looks like. So, and, and I don't know how you go about correcting that. I, you know, a guy like Jack Nelson, you know, coming out of high school would seem to be a fit for Paul Christ or for Gary Anderson or for Luke Fickle or for Brett Bielema. So I, I don't know if it's a development thing. I don't know if it's a, a thing where Joe Rudolph just went and recruited a lot of six foot seven, 300 pound kids and then tried to find holes for them. I, th- I do think moving forward, you've seen with guys like, uh, you, you know, Ryan Corey from, from Pittsburgh, he's a true interior guy. So I think recruiting more towards here's my tackles and recruiting more towards here my interior guys could fix some of those issues. But but like you said, that, that comment when you guys said it really stuck out to me. I wanted to make sure I said it on the show. To give you that's guys why,
0: credit for it. <laughs> that's why I'm excited about Emerson Mandel. He's one of the guys that I'm right looking, cause right. he is an old school guard, man. He is someone I, I think is going to be a absolute people mover at the, the next level. Um, Bernie. I mean, we we've talked about the offensive line and the rushing attack in general. How can the Badgers improve next season besides just getting like less three and outs? Like what do you see being the most important thing, especially in the running <laughs> game, uh, to get the offense moving a little bit better, looking like some of the units we saw under Longo at North Carolina.
2: I mean, I think it starts, it starts up front. Everyone will always say that in football, but I think, um, you know, you get a guy like a Chesma Lucy, if he can come back and be healthy, if there's a possibility for that, he is the perfect fit, I think, for this offense. Um, you know, for me, some of the things that scared me was like, we, we had trouble getting third and twos, fourth and ones, like short yardage when that's like, In my brain, our culture is fourth and ones like, you know, when it was fourth and one anywhere on the 40 going, you know, 40, uh, 50, you could be anywhere almost on the field. Barry sending out all the heavies, you know, it's 22 personnel, 23 personnel. And we were were running power, like we were going for it. So I think we have to regain some of those cultural things we might've lost this year. But the short yardage to me was very scary. Some of the things like or five yard. If it's third and five, we 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 throw a four yard hitch. So I think maybe it's some knowledge. Some guys just need more and more experience. John, I would love to hear because it does scare me that we've played twelve games and some of the same behaviors are not fixed. So I'd love
1: to hear more of your thoughts on like that. I, you know, I, I don't know if I can enlighten you too much on that. I I I go back to when sitting on you know press conferences with Bo Ryan and they would ask him. You, you know, how why you guys shoot so poorly at the free throw line? He's you know, what do you want me to do? Scream at these guys and until, until they start making shots. I don't I don't know how you clean up a lot of those procedural things, the 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 constant mistakes that they seem to have up front this year with you know holding and, and just the penalties galore, other than saying, you know, you're gonna take this next series off and we're gonna put someone else in who's not gonna jump off sides or who's not gonna hold. So I guess you know, through those struggles, I wanted to see. Other guys, you know, even if it was for a series, because um, we heard about that at the start of the year, you know, we're going to play eight, nine, 10 offensive linemen because that's the pace of play we're going to go with. And as we went down the stretch, the last four, maybe five games, you saw the same five offensive linemen playing. I'm not saying that that's wrong or it's right, but that that's kind of what they trended to. And I'm assuming they felt that those are the best five to give them a chance to win. But, you know, as they were going through those growing pains, I, I did want to see a little bit more within that two deep, because I do think they have guys that, that that could go out in there and play. And, you know, at least you got a baseline for what they can do in a real college game.
0: Attention athletes. Do you want a friction list and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future? Well, look no further. Introducing Oakbridge Wealth Management, the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes. Led by wealth manager, Chris Anasetti. Our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach ensuring your financial success both on and off the field. We understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete, from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts. That's why we've developed a proven process, working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. Our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid and long-term goal setting portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Roulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oakbridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings says... I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oakbridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at Oakbridge WM underscore Anaceti. That's Oakbridge WM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E and join the winning team.
2: Do you you think the hype and our expectations took over from even like the coaches coaching, not ability, but their coaching mentality? Maybe to say we need to play the best guys. We
1: need to try to win because that's what everyone here and everyone across the nation expects. I I think that's part of it. And I I think that goes into a, a bigger theme of expectations for the year. Because when they came in and Phil Longo was made available and, and Mike Trestle was made available, I mean, they, they talked about championships. And I go back to the Washington State game where Luke Fickle said, you know, I, I feel like we do have guys in place to win a championship this year. And as the season wore on, th- that proved to not be the case. I, I, I just don't think they – maybe they they underestimated the talent that, that was on that roster. Maybe they should have been a little bit more aggressive in the transfer port. I'm sure those are questions that uh, – kept Luke fickle up at night throughout the, the regular season. But I don't know. I, I think everyone just kind of maybe didn't understand how big of a project this was going to be. And there's just, there's just a lot that goes into that. I, I would say that's exactly what I think it is, is that people didn't,
2: our, our expectation of the project is bigger than, you know, that I, yeah. So I, I actually love that you said that. Cause I think that makes complete sense and our expectation, my expectation was championship. You know, I was like, man, we got all these transfer portal guys. We've never really done this. The hype is there. Social media led me to believe that we're crushing everything in life, um, <laughs> which is so stupid of me, right? Like I hate social media, yet I believe everything I see on it. Um, so I, I think the project is bigger and I think we're, cr- yeah, we're going to transition to this. But I think uh, the most important thing for us is – I don't know if transfer portal is. Maybe, John, you have a different thought, but I think our recruiting has to be – top 15 for the next three, four, four, five years at least.
1: Yeah. And you know, they're, they're right. Right now in this 2024 class, I think they're right where you would want Wisconsin to be They're You know, they're fourth in the big 10. They're never going to recruit to the level of Michigan. They're never going to recruit to the level of Ohio state. And then Penn state's always kind of been that third team where, I mean, Penn state recruits extremely well. That That's a really good roster that mm-hmm. Penn state has. They just haven't been able to, to get over the hump of, Ohio State and in Michigan, obviously. So, you know, they're they're where they're supposed to be, I I think, where the expectations are recruiting wise. Um, You know, I I think it's a combination of getting those guys in and that player development piece, I think, was missing the last kind of handful of seasons at Wisconsin or Paul Christ, you know, a program that prided itself on it will bring just about anyone in here if they want to be here and we'll coach them up to play at this level. I just don't think they had that the last couple of seasons. And that's why I think they've been, they've been down really since uh, you can make the case to what 2019 or so. I think Jonathan Taylor even covered up a lot of issues that, that those teams may have had. So, you know, like you said, Bernie, a, a bigger project than, than probably anyone anticipated going into the season.
2: And maybe some covering up just like you mentioned too, of okay. like, we have these great guys like Braylon Allen who can make dudes miss when the old line maybe isn't blocking the right people. It, it does. I Yes, I would agree. I think we're going to – we have to see a lot change. I mean that's just – you can't compete. You mentioned it. We can't compete with Michigan, Ohio State, although we tried to. If you could just see we were, no, we really didn't have a chance. Um, and then you're going to see uh, Penn State. I am baffled by Penn State because they almost had the death penalty, and yet now they're still t- top three in the Big Ten, and they recruit so well. Yeah, And I just – I mean, I understand geography is helps them very much. When I was coming from New York, it's the only big place you could drive to. Yeah. And and I'm, I mean, it really was, be like, it was Syracuse or Rutgers. But um, they really do a good job on like the East Coast and the and I would say the South pretty much, too. But man, we really got to do better than that. I, we should win the West every year. I mean, ex, John, is that not an expect Now it's going to change. But should we have not
1: won if yeah. we didn't? Well that that was the other piece of this going into this you know where you're like the west is terrible. And then we found out it was even more terrible than than you anticipated it was going to be. So when you talked about championships, I mean yeah, absolutely they're going to get back to Indianapolis largely because you thought the group was good going into the season and and the changes that that they made were were going to be fruitful, but the other piece was that it was the Big 10 West. You know, they're it it's a cakewalk. I mean that that this side of the division was awful this year. It was just awful. And you're going to see that when Michigan pounds Iowa in about six days. And it's, it's I was going to ask you what your uh, thought on that
2: game. I mean, it's going to be 50 to three. It might not even score. No,
0: I see. I think it's going to be like 27 to three
2: because like, I Iowa's
0: defense is listen. Iowa's defense was good enough to win them, win them 10 games. And yes, I know like they got the one game they got blown out was Penn state. Right, the one game they got blown out was Penn State at Penn State, but man, that defense has a lot of future NFL players on it. Like a lot of future NFL players. They always players do. On. They always do. And but I mean, this is Phil Parker's best job probably ever. He should win the Broyles Award. He for for the defensive coordinator, uh, best best coordinator in the country, I should say. So I am like in awe of what that team did. With listen, man, they they won more games with Deacon Hill this year than like that's saying something man that's really saying something
1: yeah i i think michigan jumps out to like a 24 to 3 lead and then harbaugh just runs it the whole second half like he did a couple weeks ago and just points his nose up to everyone and says you know big whatever you want to say to, to people so i don't know i that like you matt you like you talked about that's that defense is great that that offense though is is future. awful i mean you score 40 points you Michigan said I don't think Michigan can score 40 I mean I look over over 30 okay Deacon was behind Miles Burkett here at, at Wisconsin I mean and if he was on this roster he might be the fifth quarterback and that's not a knock on Deacon Hill I mean I more power to you I hope he does extremely well this is not to knock Deacon Hill but that's the reality of here where he might stack up on Wisconsin's depth chart
0: yeah, and I mean it's where he, he left. Okay, John, we've got you for three more minutes. I can so. go a little
1: longer, man. Okay. Well, for you guys for sure. I,
0: I I will start with this. Last year the Badgers uh took 14 guys from the portal by my count. Actually 13 enrolled because of the Michael Mac situation. Right? Am I, th- I th- The am number I,
1: I have is is 15, that 15. might include Mac though. Yeah. F- okay. 15 is the number I have in my head.
0: Okay. So let's go Doesn't make it right, though. Okay. So over <laughs> under 14 and a half. Uh portal uh new portal additions for the badgers this year.
1: You know, had you asked me two weeks ago, I'd have said the over, no doubt. Um, and that's you know, from talking to people that that know more than I do, kind of expected a a good chunk. I do still anticipate a good chunk, but I don't I don't know what that Minnesota win does to that locker room for guys that were kind of going, I could go either way of like, hey, you know, now we're building something. Um I don't know how many conversations are going to be had where Luke Fickle says, we just don't have a spot for you either. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, I guess I would go above 15, but, but not, not huge. And like you talked about Bernie Fickle doesn't want to build this through the portal. And I, I think that if there's guys that he thinks that we can make something out of, he's going to do what he can to to keep those guys there. He's, he's talked about not wanting to do it through the portal, this year proved that the portal is not the answer for everything. I mean, you had, you had Pauling, you had Nathaniel Vakos, a couple other May, guys. Matry.
0: Matry. Yeah, I thought Matry was
1: good, and he played a lot of snaps. And played they played a lot of snaps. That,
0: corners More than anything else is that he just occupied snaps.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, but, you know, there's just – I mean, there are some elite guys in there, but those guys will be bought by other programs and, and the rest <laughs> – You know, what what are you going to get to the portal? I I think that this year kind of proved that it's not going to solve all that ails you. You can enhance your roster without a doubt, but you can't just say, oh, the portal will fix everything. We'll be fine by January. that's, That's not the case. Yeah, I agree. I think
2: Fickle's, I agree with you. Fickle has come out and said he does not want to be a transfer portal guy. He wants to recruit dudes who stay three, four, five years. So I would say I'm under because I think he's trying to build that. I think the expectation now is still to win and it's still high. Um, but he's got to do it his way. And I think if we go out and start transfer portal, we'll just do it every year and it will never stop. Um, and you don't build a team. Now, I think the interesting thing you said is there's going to be some harder talks than, Hey, you're, you're just happy to be here. And, And if anything, um, uh, Hunter Waller said in his, in his, uh, his piece a couple of weeks, uh, in his statements, it is there are some guys who might not be on the fence about this new culture, this new everything, whatever they think there might be some hard conversations. I never thought of that. So we might see a lot of different people jump ship because for whatever reason it is, but if we can get the guys in through actual recruiting, which I think we can, which I think we've lost in the past, that's how we're going to be, be winners long-term.
0: One more
1: portal question, John portal quarterback. Yes or no. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you just throw as much talent at that position as you possibly can and, and see what sticks. Um, and you, you really can't worry about hurting someone's feelings or, or hurting someone's little brother's feelings who's committed in the 2025 class. I, I don't think you can you can approach it like that. I think Wisconsin has done that in the past where, hey, we we got Graham Mertz. We're good now for for two, three years. I, I just think you pound that position with as much talent as you possibly can, because that's what the the big boy programs do. We'll take, we'll take two five stars in the same class without a doubt. And one of them will, will be here and one of them will transfer. And I think that's going to be the situation. If I were approaching this, I, I think Wisconsin will do the same thing of, look, we, we like Braden Locke and we, we maybe like Miles Burkett. We We like the potential of Nick Evers, but, but if there's a guy in the portal and he's a fit, absolutely. We're going to bring him here and we're going to say, you have a chance to be the starter there. So, that's how I would approach it. That's how I assume this group will approach it if, if we learned anything from, you know, the, the the small sample size that we do have. But you, you have to do that. And to kind of piggyback on that, I would take another year of Tanner Mordecai in a heartbeat. I, I really would. I might be higher on Mordecai than, than others are. But if you could get another Tanner Mordecai guy ish to, to come in and, and be that one year guy, I would take it in a heartbeat and I wouldn't think twice about it so interesting
0: that's very interesting I I, very interesting I'm not I'm not opposed to that just of all the quarterbacks who are in the portal right now if I you know Cam Ward is probably the only one I'd personally really want to kick the tires on because Mordecai's legs proved in many ways to be just as valuable as his arm now Ward I think is naturally more prone to turnovers than Mordecai, not to say Mordecai w- didn't turn the ball over at all because he definitely did. But I, I, a lot of people talk about Will Rogers and I just see Braden Locke and Will Rogers as effectively the same player, just Will Rogers has seen more football and that's great. But I don't think Will Rogers is the answer to taking the team to a championship level. Just having watched him play in the sec down here in Tennessee for a
1: while. Well, in seven days, when there's 300 more names to to peel over, Matt, you might feel a little bit differently too. That's very <laughs> <But> this, true. <laughs> just because you jump jump into the portal and maybe we take you
2: doesn't mean you're going to be a starter,
1: right? And, and I mean,
2: I, everything's I, about competition. I don't. I feel like we've lost like this mentality of you have to earn your spot on the field. Just because you did it somewhere else doesn't mean you can go somewhere else and and do it. And this this competition still needs to be at the top of kids' mentalities because you're not given a position just because you said yes to come to a school. You have to literally go get it.
1: Yeah. And that's what I would say. I mean, load that room up and whoever emerges then is, is your guy. And I don't, you know, you're not going to make any promises. Obviously you're not going to do that thing, but you're going to say, look, you can come in here and you can win the starting job. This is what our quarterback room looks like. You know, we have a bunch of young dudes, you know, we're, we we like them all, but we'd like a veteran to come in here and, and push for, for a potential to start this year. And, I, I would absolutely do that if you found a fit of a guy that you thought could could win the starting job during fall camp.
0: But I thought uh, that coach Fick didn't like seventh year players. So
1: well, if I'll a seventh year we'll... guy is going to help him win football exactly, games,
0: right? <laughs> but Cam Ward feels like a seventh year player. He's like Houston Baptist for a while. It feels like he's been at Washington state forever. So um, I well I think uh, last question then for you, John, on the portal outside, not quarterback, not included your position of
1: need most is blank defensive line without a doubt it's not even close um tight end I'd put up there you have someone that could I mean they they basically didn't have a tight end this year and that's Hayden Rucci I thought played well in 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 spurts um but he's not a pass catching this is the type of offense that I fit well in tight end either is Riley Nowakowski I mean he's he's a six foot 250 pound fullback and you know Tucker Ashcraft, I think they're high on. Grant Steck, look, he's going to be a good player. And I I can assure you that the Wisconsin coaching staff loves that kid. I I don't know if he's a year one, eat up a bunch of snaps type of guy, because I think that's tough. But he's a guy that factors in in, in their long term, without a doubt, I think, Um, if he projects the way that they project in the play. But it's defensive line, and it's it's not even close. But look, everyone is going to be shopping – the defensive line grocery store in the portal every single school and some schools are coming with a bigger credit card than wisconsin has so it look i last year they got darian varner in injuries and in what you know whatever factored into he did not have a great season um so if you can get a guy there or two or three absolutely but i don't know that you're going to get a true difference maker but I, i think you just have to like you said bernie put more guys in there and build up the competition and, uh, you know, have the best three or four, whoever are going to start kind of emerge from that group.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on the defensive line. I think that the, another interesting position to watch will be running back. Should they decide that, you know, either they're not fully confident in Chez's health. They've just got a bunch of these freshmen coming in. You know, we saw acre and Yacamele in limited roles this year do. Okay. But I would not be surprised at all if they find a veteran running back that they like to bring in who, you know, probably has, you know, I don't think we're gonna see another. I think Jackson Acre is gonna be the heaviest running back we see for a long time here. Um, I think they're they're gonna be trying to downsize to guys who are more, you know, at the top end maybe two twenty, 220, uh two twenty-five money ball types more so than we're gonna see a a Braylon Allen, a Jackson Acre, even like you know, I think of PJ Hill as one of those bigger guys like that as well.
1: Yeah, even like uh, Atuka, who they're taking in the 24 class, you know, you talk to people like, yeah, we're going to get some of that baby fat off. You know, they're they're not thinking like Ron Dane. They're thinking like like a Monte Ball type of like when mm-hmm. he came in then when you, when you kind of got him in that program and he started to look real good, I think that's what they're thinking for Atuka. And, you know, not to, to continue on with that running back position, Dylan Jones and Darian Dupree, I think, are guys who contribute year one. Especially yeah. Dupree, I, it, this offense seems to be written up, designed for a guy like him. Um, and I, I do think he has the talent to to con, to can contribute year one. I don't know if that's, you know, Jonathan Taylor starter reps year one, but he's a guy that's going to help this offense. I think quite a bit, you know, immediately when he gets on campus.
0: Listen, I think a is going to contribute year one. If you think about what they want to do with some of those one cut downhill runs like he does <laughs> in his tape, he does that better than. Than the other guys. I mean, he that's can, all
1: his film is. It's, it's one it's, cut and boom,
0: go. Yeah, yeah, downhill. I mean, he and he runs people over like Bernie.
2: That's
1: what I thought when I was watching the tape. I said, "This is Matt Bernstein."
2: Yeah, <laughs> I do this and the athletic and all the other stuff. Listen, it's because it, John. I know we have to let you go, but you, we, I think we, I think we had a lot of guys in places they were not prepared to play. Like you said, Haderuji. To me, he's a hand in the ground guy. Um, and and uh, Novakowski's a fullback you know playing tight end running and he i think these guys produced okay for us but in the way that a guy like um uh, an Owen Daniels would just be dominant and you know oh, it's, it's, a doubt. So, obviously he's a Super Bowl champion but i mean guys in that mold right those are the guys i think we're looking for and i think we plug some gaps with guys that just weren't they're not they're not built for that offense so i think we see a lot of young people play. And I think this offseason is going to be very telling on kind of the, the vision of where we're going with this team.
1: Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and you know, not to extend the show another hour, but you know, you kind of saw, I mean, you brought up one of the bigger themes of this year. Are, are they trying to fit a square peg into a round hole on, on both sides of the ball? And a lot of it is personnel. And a lot of it is exactly what you just talked about. I, I tend to think like you, Bernie, that they just dive in head first and say, like, look, we're going to we're going to find the guys and you might be a little bit on the younger side, but we're going to put you in because you fit what we want to do. And it's at positions like tight end and at positions like inside linebacker where it's like we we have a philosophy on either side of the ball that that we know we want to do and we, we know we want to implement. We just can't do it one foot in, one foot out. We're just going to jump in anticipate that's going to what's going to happen in year two because you don't have a lot of time to waste you know you like this is big time college football and things move at a fast pace so you can't say it's eh, given another year of of this uh blending of the the best or whatever trussell said at the start of the year uh so they, i think they got to jump in and, and do what they're confident in doing right away when when spring camp opens
0: yeah, absolutely. I'm, so, I'm excited to see growth of some of the, the guys who are from this year. Mari Snowden is probably going to be the guy that everyone wants to keep an eye on with his athleticism. <laughs> and uh, also, you know, think that a guy like Ty Barry Johnson will come in and contribute early at wide receiver because I still think there are going to be snaps available uh for guys because this year you know i think outside of will pauling you don't think anyone really necessarily performed up to where we expected them to whether it was bryson green because of injury cj williams because of a lack of snaps Chimri dk because of you know an injury and kind of lack of targets when he he was out there on the field skylar bell with the drops so i think that we're going to see a lot of competition at the wide receiver room and despite returning most or all of the starting lineup I think we. I think there's a chance that only Will Pauling is the only one who is backed uh, truly as a rotational receiver. Uh, Bryson Green too, but I, you know, who knows? But I'm here that, for the that, hot I mean, takes. I am. I, I am. Especially assuming that Jim Jim at, was honored at senior day. I'm assuming he's leaving. That's my assumption. I haven't heard anything to the other, you know, on the contrary. So we'll leave it at that. Um, and we will leave it at that with this episode. John has to get back to work running the best badger website anywhere in the galaxy badger blitz uh badgerblitz.com part of the rivals.com network make sure you are over there uh, all the time signing up 75 percent uh, off phil mcgrath i think i saw a holiday there's a holiday sale going on right now john <laughs>
1: Just ended, but I appreciate oh,
0: you. Uh God, I'm so sorry. So sorry. Black it was a Black Friday sale. We just missed they it. They don't
1: they don't call it Cyber Tuesday, Matt. They call it Cyber Monday. Good. Grief.
0: You know, I don't know how long it was extending. I'm sorry to get your hopes up. Uh, maybe there'll be another sale on the holidays though.
1: Hopefully, you know, also
0: a great gift to give for the Badger fan in your life. Uh, And for everyone, thanks for tuning in to Believe in Badgers on the Believe Network, uh, presented by BetOnline.ag and Oak Bridge Wealth Management. Thanks for tuning in. Please make sure to like, uh, rate, uh, like, subscribe, uh, raise, give us five stars, uh, wherever it is that really helps us, helps us grow. Um, So appreciate it again. Until next time on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin,
1: can't do it but i appreciate you boys
2: <laughs> thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for
1: b-l-e-a-v on youtube